This is the EPLOG audio experience. Yes, hello and welcome to Hit The Road. This is India's number one podcast for all you cycling and triathlon enthusiasts. My name is Rohan Thakar and it's good to be back with the part two of how to build your perfect team. I have with me Tracy McKay or as we like to call him T-Mac. He is the coach of our beloved Lieutenant Colonel Bharat Pannu who has been smashing world records all over and uh, yeah he recently got uh, his certificate for doing uh, Manali to Leh and also the Golden Quarterlateral in a record breaking time and yeah we have with us uh, T-Mac talking more about uh, his journey and what he has learned so far in his 30 year long career in as being an athlete and also a coach now more than a coach he loves to talk about management and psychology because these are the two things which he feels that can make or break a team so we were just talking about uh, what can be done to mitigate uh, the errors that can happen or faults that can happen or to avoid any thing that must not happen so yeah we just continuing this conversation here to build the perfect ultra cycling team and yes tmac what do you have us now well thanks again for having me on for part two um hold on tight buckle up because there's a lot to, to kind of cover here Tracy, we were just talking about uh, identifying the problems and uh, how to deal with them in the first part. Now we are going to delve deeper into it. You gave a few examples about it. Then we spoke about uh, the importance for simulations and identifying the problems then and there itself much before the actual event to avoid any mishaps. Uh, so what do we have now? Right. So for context. Uh Remember during the last part, part one, we were talking about how you have different people coming on to the crew and yes. they bring with them different methodologies. And right. while everybody believes they're a good problem solver, it mm. may not be the same method that the person next to them is using. Right. 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 So some people are a little bit more direct. Some people are a little bit more um, cautious and uh, detail oriented with their problem solving methodology. And yes. while all that's good, we want the diversity there, but we to be successful, we really want to have the same point of reference uh, for solving the issues that come up in these long distance events or in your management team or you know wherever. So we talked about DMAC, which is not TMAC, but DMAC, define, measure, analyze, improve, and control. And I've given you that link so that you can, you know, they want to come to your podcast, they want to download it from you, or you want to link it to, to my website, you can pull that off, you know, just use it, that's fine. I want you guys to be successful out there. And um, so now further than that, if, if you're kind of the nerd that I like to believe that I am, if you are the nerd, then how can we make this even better? So let's say for instance, you are, whether you're a beginning team or you're just now you know, coming together as a crew or you're very experienced, um, what we wanna make sure is that we are all on the same playing field. We all have the same playbook, okay? So, and that we're all using the same play at the same time. Now, 
for usability, I want to, to introduce the concept of downtime. This is uh, used in manufacturing and production, and it is, uh, it's used as an acronym to describe different ways that we can waste time. Now, whether you're a cyclist or a business person or just living life as a family person, you know, time is the one thing we never get back. So the question is, how can you make the most of it? If you're trying to produce the quality life, if you're trying to produce a particular service, or if you're trying to produce a particular product, is how can we produce the highest quality product or service or experience in the least amount of time? You know, just getting the most out of it. So uh, in, in the world of ultra cycling, you want to consider, you know, what is it that you and your rider, your crew, what are you trying to produce? What do you think that is? So as a crew, uh, we are trying to make the rider the most efficient. The speed may be constant, but he should, when he takes the stops, it should be minimum. When he's refueling, it should be minimum time. Right. We're, we're producing miles over time. Right. Period. That is the product, miles. How do you produce the most miles in the least amount of time? And this is really important because the crew is sometimes because they're new to it or um, because the rider is so experienced, they leave that burden onto the rider and only to the rider, right? Because the rider is so good, what do they really need us for, right? Well, <laughs> the rider is so good because of the crew right it's like it's like a, a chariot where the horse is the rider and he's just riding pedaling is the is the chariot rider who whose responsibility is to make sure that he goes fast enough he doesn't stop in between he doesn't look left and right exactly and now you have you know six seven maybe eight maybe 12 people in the chariot trying to drive the horse right <laughs> So I want to take a look at this, this acronym downtime. I'm going to break it down. Uh, I'll go through it once really easy. And then we'll go back through and, and break it down into its smaller parts and sort of explore it again. It, you don't have to be an ultra cyclist to benefit from this. Uh, so Tracy, what can be done to, you know, reduce this uh, extra time that we call that can be avoided and maximum efforts can be gone into, you know, moving ahead. More miles can go rather than stopping and wasting your time. Yeah. So uh, some dashboard protocol, you know, when we when we race ultra distance, we can put different things on the dashboard, actually, you know, laminate them and then tape them to the dashboard as a point of reference, um, kind of as a roadmap for the mind. And here's the first roadmap. It's just the acronym downtime. And we'll break it down to its smallest parts. And I mean, we'll, I'm going to go over it really quickly. And then I'll break it down into its smallest usable parts. So D refers to defects. O refers to overproduction. W stands for waiting or time. The N stands for non-realized human potential. T stands for transportation. I stands for inventory. M stands for physical movement. And E refers to excess processes, all right? So now let's deep dive into that. So 
when we talk about defects in ultra cycling, hmm. uh, we're talking about unserviceable equipment, um, a tire that has holes all in it, or maybe the um, threads are starting to show. Uh, maybe the the brakes aren't working properly. There's a defect. Hmm. Uh, the jockey wheels, a dirty chain, things like this. I know that I've ridden uh, races where I started the race and didn't change out my pedals. And just okay. by sheer luck, I made it through. You know, but I'm worried about that pedal not being 100%. There was a defect and I kept worrying about my foot coming out of that. And uh, so that's, that's an example of your defects. Hmm. Um, overproduction is- Defects are something that can be avoided before anything happens or before time it can be avoided. Yes, right. It's unserviceable or broken equipment or um, uh, a tool, right? So let's say, for instance, you, you don't have the proper tools. That's not a defect, mm -hmm. okay? A defect is having the tool, but it's broken or it's uh, stripped out. It doesn't work mm -hmm. properly. So mm -hmm. if it needs to be replaced, it falls under that category of defect. So you know, as I go through this, I would want you to consider your own point of reference, whether that be, you know, production or cycling as a rider, you need to be thinking about this and as the crew. So think about your point of reference, your context in which uh, these apply. So mm. what defects did you have on your last experience? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, sure. Let's say for instance, um, let's go into overproduction. Overproduction is having too much gear, you have too much training, too much, mm. there's too much planning involved. We're working too hard on the same issues. Uh, there's too much redundancy. Um, mm. Maybe in your training, you have overproduced the mileage required for you to be in the best health mm. going into the race. Now, that's a big mistake among most riders. They get pan right. panicky, they're mm. uncertain, there's a lot on the line. So they train, they overtrain. Okay. Right. And that's an example right. of overproduction from the rider standpoint. Hmm. From a crew standpoint, too many maps, too many, um, it just too much time is wasted and going over the same processes. Um, and and that's, that's a big one for the crew because remember the crew that you brought on board, they're also fearful of, of not doing the job, it's a new job for them, right? right? It's a responsibility. And they wanna do their very, very best. As mm -hmm. a result, they can become a bit paralyzed in overproducing the, uh, the thought process and the right. acquisition right. of gear, right? Mm -hmm. There's a fine line between having the proper redundancies yeah. and having too much equipment. Yeah. You get excited about it, and you have all this energy and enthusiasm. Right. And so again, we, we start, you know, overreaching and acquiring all that equipment. You know, you got six sets of tires. Hmm. Not required. Not, not hmm. required. It's not required, right? You want some redundancies, but you don't need, you know, five bikes and six sets of wheels <laughs> and all that crap. And again, you know, keep in mind, this acronym points to ways in which we are things that cost us time in the production right. of the mileage, quality right. mileage.
So Tracy, we spoke about overproduction in terms of equipments, in terms of the things that we don't need, in terms of the training that someone might have done extra uh, than required. Uh, how about people? So is it more the merrier or? No, definitely not. <laughs> no, you know, it, it's it's odd. It's an odd thing um, because, you know, I mentioned in the, early, the first podcast that, you know, when I worked with uh, Chris McDonald, and yeah, his team's yeah. crew of 18 people. Yeah, and I was just coming to that. <laughs> yeah, and you know, what made that work was you had 18 people broken down into three different vehicles. Hmm. And the second part of, so, so what you did is you took that larger group, yeah. what looks like overproduction, hmm. right? I mean, 18 people, all their needs and issues, three different vehicles, that really does leave a lot of room for unexpected consequences. You know, you know, you have possibly more flat tires. You have more personal issues that could pop up. You have more personal uh, requirements. You'd have more people to feed and all this takes right. time. Right. So <clears throat> having them in different vehicles and then, and then making very clear what their responsibilities are in that mm. vehicle is key. Right. Mm. Because mm. if it's not clear, then they wind up overproducing whatever it is that they need to fulfill, to fill up that time. You'll see a lot of crews, they'll take off. Again, we're talking about overproduction right now. You'll see a lot of times they're all excited at the start line and the rider's not going to sleep for the next 30 hours. Right. They're not going to sleep for at least 24. Right. And so what, what about the extra crew? the crew that, that isn't needed right now for the exchange, what are mm. they doing? That they are experiencing, they are, they should be um, utilizing their time in what we call positive downtime, okay. all right? So this is time that is required and, or time that is utilized in the most productive way, mm. right? So such so as sleep, um, an exchange in the crew. So a lot of times they'll have to, you know, pull into the exit or pull into a, you know, a zippy mart or whatever, a, a, you know, a, a fast food mart to stop, right. make a crew exchange and then grab some coffee and then out they go. Right. So that is required, you know, uh, but how do you make it really, really efficient? You know, you might want to only send one person into the food mart to get the supplies you spend hmm. four piece and four people in there then is it's like herding cats right it's crazy right um, right so and, and you know we, we'll get into more of that later but uh but yes you can overproduce with just the sheer number of people and so you have yeah. to put certain things in place to ensure your success with that um, i like to work a skeleton crew i like to work a crew of about six maybe eight which is pretty lean for something like race across America, race across America, eight to 12 people, max, hmm. maximum. And, and, and that forces you into position of getting the right people, the best people that you can. Um, you get more than 12 people, then the group starts to break into three and four smaller groups. Hmm. And hmm. that becomes much more difficult to manage. So just it, that's just the nature or the dynamics of having more than mm -hmm. say 
eight to 12 people, you get into some crazy, some scary waters. Right. And that, that's, that's a problem. Hmm. So um, let's get on to the next one. Waiting, having to wait for something, you know, when you're producing your podcast or when you're out there on the road or even with your family, you know, what is it that you wound up waiting for? What did you have to wait for? Hmm. Like Rohan, did you have to wait? How long did it take for you to get your mic in? So it took me, yeah, uh, around 25 hours to get it back to me. 25 hours to get it back. What did you expect it to take? How long did you expect it to take? 36, 36 hours. There you go. Mm. So this is not just by chance that you got it It's early. efficiency. Mm. It's, it's the, here's, here's one you can, you can always use. It's, mm. you want to under promise, you'll get it in 36 hours and you want to over deliver. All of a sudden it's mm. at your doorstep the next day. Yeah. You know, what are they reading my mind? You know, it's mm. also it's on my doorstep and you know, they, they said it would be here in, you know, four days. And it's there the next morning. It's just crazy. And so they've worked in a language into how they want to be. They want to be efficient. They want the customers to feel that they can count on them. So they over deliver. They under promise and they they over deliver. And that's what you want to be with your, with your crew members. That's how you want to be with your cyclist. You know, um, it's, it's a hard thing to be responsible for providing people with certainty because, well, there's a good chance you're not going to be able to do it. Yeah. Right. Um, right. you promise the rider one thing and all of a sudden there's a traffic jam, right? You're going to, we're going to, you know, in an hour, we're going to pull over and we're going to let you take a sleep. Well, something happens. There's a traffic jam or, um, there's a detour you know, anything like this, anything that's sort of unexpected and you want to having to wait for something. Um, I remember back in, uh, again, when we were with Chris McDonald, we had a huge traffic jam. There was a big car wreck. And um, so everybody was stopped and he just put the hammer down and he rode in the soft shoulder on the emergency lane and just rode. And he passed like two more riders during that process, you know, the crews couldn't go anywhere and it was daylight. So he was able to move forward. And mm-hmm. at the time that was, that was allowed. And so we did it, you know, so the crew had to wait, but the rider didn't have to wait. Mm-hmm. Problem solved. Right. Problem solved. Mm-hmm. It's not ideal, but it's what works. Yeah. Now the last, the next one is non-realized human potential. And this is pretty important. I mean, they're all important. So imagine, okay, non-realized human potential is, um, you know, understanding what the job roles are mm. and training individuals to be able to fulfill that role. Right. Now I might be able to train you or that is tell you what the job is, show you how to do the job, but you might be better suited for a completely different role. Right. Okay. Right. You find somebody young and dynamic and they speak and they get good leadership potential in your eyes. But the truth is they don't want to be on stage. They don't want to be in charge of people. They're terrified of that. They would much rather be, and they may be better Mm. at doing something like accounting for 
the food sheets and the calorie intake. So you may want to start off by asking them or understanding, A, what do they do for a living? So if they are an accountant by trade, then you kind of know what kind of role they're going to be able to fulfill really well, right? If they are um, on management by trade, you might have a crew chief. I don't know. Hmm. You know? Hmm. So you're extrapolating their professional skills to the crew skills. Absolutely. You're going to leverage that. Who are mm. they? What do they love to do? What do they like mm. to do? What do they do well? And then put that job onto them. Right. Right. Um, then you have some unspoken role roles in that. And it's mm. un, unrealized. You don't, you don't know that that potential is there. I mean, if, if people are given a job that they love to do and they, they can do it, mm. they'll be successful at it. But if you hand that person a job and they're not good at it, they haven't been trained properly. You have set that person up for failure. Okay. And so you will, that's why you should take the time to vet out or, you know, to process this information. What you're doing takes time and money away from loved ones. It takes time and money in terms of equipment. And you, so you want to do it right or as best you can. Agreed. Right. Got it. All right. So the next one is transportation. We lose time when we have mechanical failures, when we're having to shuttle people around um, uh, flights. Some of these things you don't have any control over. Right. Um, there is also uh, vehicle, uh, do your me vehicles meet the need? You know, do you really need a big RV or can you get do by you? With, a, with a minivan? Yeah. So, you know, in transportation, shuttles, shuttles and flights and taxis and, you know, just trying to get from point A to point B before your event, that's important. Uh, a lot of time is wasted before the event, um, you know, at pre-conferences or pre-meetings. And uh, once you land, right, you get to L.A., you hop out, and you got traffic jams, you don't know where you're going. And then once you get there, there's so much excitement, you know all that energy has got to go somewhere. It can't be yeah. contained. Yeah. So you got to pull that back in. Um, the next one is inventory. Now, yes. how is it that we might lose time due to inventory? You want to take a stab at that? Yeah. So one example is you are the basic when you're losing out on fuel. So you need to take your fuel check again. Uh, you're losing out on resources which are required for nutrition. You're taking that again. Your equipments, your gadgets, or your spares. So Absolutely. That can be something. Absolutely. Your batteries go down. You don't pay attention to the batteries. Yes. Um, you uh, stop to get food for the crew or you stop yeah. to get food for the rider. Mm -hmm. And you're kind of, you're tired and you're unsure of what you should get. What yeah. did Rohan say he wanted? What, what am I supposed to pick up for Tom mm. or you know, Nita or whoever? Yeah. And then it's like, you got to go back out to the, it's just wasted time. Also having too much equipment, like overproducing the equipment, mm. wastes time because you have to manage the equipment. Yeah. Inventory is that you have so much of it. Mm. You got to dig through it to find what you need. That's a really simple one right there. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Now, physical movement. This is a good one. Um, and this can get people hurt. Physical mm -hmm. movement is 
moving too fast or moving too slowly, the end result is uh, loss of time or maybe an injury, um, not being aware of your surroundings. Uh, I was with a crew chief for a ride one time and it was in the middle of the night. There were no side lights. It was dark and there's plenty of room, but we pulled off to the soft shoulder because the rider was, you know, I had to use the bathroom. We stopped, rider gets out. One person gets out. So when my riders stop, we have one crew person is on that rider at all times, regardless. They're going up, hold the bike so the rider can take care of whatever they need to take care of. Adjust the glasses, clean the glasses off, use the bathroom, whatever it is. I don't need five people up there. Yeah. Right. And if five people get out of their vehicle, that means you have five possibilities that someone could open the door onto traffic. Mm. They, you know, again, it's nighttime. They could step in an anthill. Yeah. Which was the case. Everybody gets back in and one of the, excuse me, and the writer himself, when he stopped, he put his foot down into an ant bed. Oh, no one saw it. I mean, you just, it's one of those things. Um, so that movement alone, you know, mm. not being clear about where you want the rider, not being clear about where the rider should stop or mm. not being clear about where the rider should stop. Sometimes the rider is right going along and they don't communicate mm. and they just stop. So, whoa, what are you doing? And all of a sudden they put their foot down into an ant bed. They don't know it until right. after they've get back on the bike and rolled and all of a mm. sudden, you know, they're in pain and they're now you got to stop again. And now right. you've got a safety issue. You got a health concern. Yeah. You know? Um, so that's an example of movement. Another example of movement and you guys who are accruing, you love and you care for your rider. I get it. But only one person needs to go out and help mm -hmm. the rider. All right. If now this has never happened to me, thank goodness, but I know that it's come close driving along. You're behind, imagine you're behind your rider and then you stop. And then in the excitement, you have a couple of people open the door with traffic behind you. They're not expecting that mm -hmm. your focus is on the rider and you may not realize that you haven't moved all the way over into a safety lane. So you're halfway in a moving lane. Hmm. And you open the door onto traffic coming around you, hmm. right? And there's some serious problems out there. But you're so excited and focused on your rider, you don't hmm. realize that you're about to get hit, you know? Yeah. So physical movement, another really simple one is you get, you're in a rush, you get everything in the vehicles. And then once you get in the vehicle, you realized, oh, crap, I can't reach the cooler or I can't reach the cruise food, um, there, there's something that's out of reach. It's misplaced, um, hard to get to these, this causes time and distractions. Um, so, uh, Tracy in this, something that comes to my mind, like you mentioned uh, about getting out of reach is organizational structure. So what can something be done to, you know, keep everything organized? Yeah, you know, some of this comes from experience, uh, learning the hard way, and some of it mm -hmm. comes from looking for models. And this is what yeah. I suggest is have a conversation with other crew chiefs. Mm -hmm. You might be the best manager in your field, 
But yeah. when it comes to being on the crew, it's a different experience. You might be very organized, but what is it that you're organizing? And if you don't know mm. what you're organizing, you don't know where to put it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that goes into like a, what we call a five S model as a different conversation, but um, look for models, templates, conversations, uh, forums, conferences, anything you can get a, you know, get a hold of to expose yourself to different perspective. Um, right. When there's a streamlining process that mm. you want to utilize in your vehicles. Yes. Right. And um, we can talk an hour on that, but um, again, you just, <laughs> I can, <laughs> you just want to, I can you listen to you for an hour. <laughs> okay. Again, you just want to streamline the processes. You know, when you, yeah. when you talk about physical movement, you know, how do you, how do you fix that? Right. You want to streamline those processes and you want to, you know, move away uh, anything that impedes that, that process. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what used to take you um, five minutes now only takes you 30 seconds, right? right. You can take just the placement of the coolers, uh, getting in and out of the vehicles, um, yeah. just things like that. So um, again, I mean, you can talk for an hour on each one of these. Now the last one we've already touched on. So this is easy excess processes. Yes. This is usually resulting from that the adage of having too many cooks in the kitchen, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just that everybody means the best for their rider and they want to have a role just by mm. nature. Yeah. And so they may over contribute. I know that's something that I do. I okay. excess process. I mean, you could probably. <laughs> no, no. For for the podcast that we are talking in, there's nothing called as excess because everything is knowledge. <laughs> everything is knowledge, but I would challenge that in that. In when you, how much knowledge can you digest? <laughs> how much is required? Yeah. Hmm. So if if I took this downtime acronym and applied it to this conversation, I would say defects. Hmm. It's unserviceable or damaged. And this is how the fix is. And then go yeah. to the next one. And I would bypass the stories and all this other stuff that takes up time, but are also important for the listener because they, they relate may, to it. Yeah, they can relate to it. They can relate hmm. to it. A list. I can't relate to a list. Give me a story, you know, yeah, exactly. um, like stepping in the ants, you know, stuff like hmm. that. Hmm. Uh, here's, 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 here's a story, right? The same rider that stepped in the ant bed. We were in uh, Missouri. Hmm. There's nothing there. Oh, Missouri, it doesn't matter. But we're going up there. We're going up a big hill. It's one, two o'clock at night. It's dark. And um, we, we saw on the side of the road about a half mile up or about a quarter mile up, hmm. a little hmm. place to stop. We told the RV, go to that place. And we'll meet you at the RV because our rider has been, you know, without sleep for the past, you know, 22 hours. Right. RV goes up parks. Everything's good. You can barely see it. There's not good lighting there. Hmm. Um, there's nothing commercial there. There's an old building. All the lights are off. Uh, plenty of parking space and uh, nothing else around for miles. We pull in. We all park. So now you've got, you know, 
a few vehicles that are mm-hmm. in this parking lot unexpected and you have a bunch of people out roaming around getting things done. The building was occupied. Okay. We thought it was, we, yeah, we thought it was unoccupied. Yeah. So the guy comes out with a pistol. Okay. And he's threatening us. He's walking up to everybody going, what are you doing on my property? Rah, 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 you know, and you oh. know, he's cursing at us. And, you know, he goes, you guys are here every year. He thought we were the motorcycle groups that pass through the area every year. And there's oh. thousands of them. Right. He thought we were a motorcycle group. And but that, you know, we somebody got distracted, locked the keys in the car, and now we got keys that are locked up in a car. We've got a guy oh. waving a pistol. We got the police on the way. Right? <laughs> it's just what? So instead of pulling over and being able to get the rider to sleep, we had an hour and a half of just craziness that we had to manage and you have to, you have to manage that with tact and, you know, was with some confidence because everybody's tired and everybody wants to know what to do. And you have to be able to provide a sense of certainty and direction for everyone. Hey, and you may not be the person to do it. If you're the crew chief or the race strategist, it may be the driver that comes through at the last minute. It may be person who's sitting in the back who's been asleep for the past hour and they're mm. able to shine in that moment. Right. So anyway, so again, that's the acronym and there's right. a, that's a lot there. I get it. So Tracy, it brings me to the next question. Uh, the rider is, uh, is barely got two or three hours of sleep during Ram or any other such, uh, multi-day ultra endurance event the crew also doesn't have got much of rest Uh, if the rider has got two three hours then the crew must have got barely an hour or two extra than that uh, considering there's a rotation but uh, in that case how does one stay attentive coffee (laughs) (laughs) you know when you go into race across america or ultra spice um, any, anything longer than, you know, 24 yeah, hours, yeah. it's going to take a toll. Yeah. And, um, I prefer that we have enough people so that you can rotate the crew every 12 hours. Okay. Maybe six hours, depending on the crew. If the crew is experienced and lean, meaning they they've done this job before and they know how to do it well they might can get away with a 12-hour shift i mean most Mm. of us work nine ten hours anyway Mm. Mm. so you have one crew that's working for 12 hours and you have an internal rotation for the driver because you don't Mm. expect the driver to drive 12 hours straight right yeah yeah so you rotate that around Mm. um yeah and then at the end of the six, eight or 12 hour shift, you rotate them. You rotate right. the entire crew if you can. Mm-hmm. Got and, it. Yeah. And um, that's that's the best way to, to mitigate the problem. But mm-hmm. uh, now your, your crew is going to be exhausted. Um, 
anybody thinking that they want to be on a crew because it's going to be fun. No, <laughs> it's, uh, fun is something you want to reflect on, right? Mm. But it's a job. It is a, yeah. it is a tough job uh, filled with the possibility of failure. Um, right. But uh, that's what makes the crew so special is they're, they're, they're responsible for this mm. incredible task of taking care of the rider. Absolutely. And, and I think sometimes maybe the riders, I think we, I say we, hmm. we forget the task at hand, hmm. you know, the task that they have, they have to deal with you. They have to deal with me when I'm not at my best, you know? Yeah. So the next question, what does the crew do when the rider denies everything? <laughs> Like he's not in a state to ride or he, uh, he's hallucinating, for example, what, yeah. what, what troubleshoot <coughs> techniques can be done? Right. So, uh, what happens when your rider says, no, I won't go, uh, we need to examine using our model. We want to find what is, why, how long has the rider been? So we start comparing that with our writing history. I'm, I'm, now I'm using my model now. Yeah. You know, historically, what are they, what are they experiencing? Are they getting off the bike more frequently? Hmm. Have they been on the bike for 30 hours and they're just tired? Yeah. Um, have they been in the rain? Are they cold? Are they wet? Are they hungry? Hmm. Um, hmm. What is their need and how does that compare to the last time that they stopped? Right. Right. Um, I've got, <clears throat> I've had one rider, they would stop um, frequently for you know leg massage or back massage no not required and, and while it's required it's good to have that mm. the frequency started becoming more and more frequent mm. which means that's more and more downtime got correct. it correct and so the, the rider is begging you oh i need this or i need that the rider is having to problem solve something very abstract does this make sense mm-hmm. looks as e- it looks like something very concrete. Hmm. It, right it looks like i mean this process looks like something very concrete but i can assure you it becomes very abstract for the writer hmm. uh, i like to call them after the first 24 hours they're just meat with feet <laughs> mm-hmm. right so they're not they can't think anymore and so they're just meet with feet, pedaling a bicycle. Hmm. Everything becomes very abstract and it can become emotional and philosophical and then emotional again. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a couple of, a couple of stories on that. Yuri Robic, uh, he is the great Yuri Robic, Ram winner. Uh, you know, he's passed. Um, but he, he, there's an article in the New York Times called that which doesn't kill me makes me stranger right now so if you read the article it talks about in depth about why he was so good at riding these long distances and we'll go into that but his his crew makes uh tells a story of of the their rider yuri coming off the bike and arguing and yelling at mailboxes so mm-hmm. that that's your first like oh my goodness like i'm having to deal with the, the rider has kind of lost it 
And then the rider comes back begging and banging on the vehicle to get inside. Mm-hmm. You know how they deal with that? They roll up the windows, <laughs> lock the doors, and let him deal with it. So now his only choice is to stand there or get mm. back on the bike. Mm. But that, that was expected, that was planned, and that was part of the plan, right? Because there's crew knows his rider. The crew knew their rider and they know what to expect from their rider when they hit hard spots like that. Mm. How do you deal with that rider? I've had riders with me, I'm loud. I have a dynamic personality and you know, I have to have a very strong crew around me to deal with what I think is right. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, he's the coach. He's the writer. He must have the answer. He must be telling the truth. But after but, 24, 35 hours, it's all gone. <laughs> <laughs> it's all gone. I'm just beat with feet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, our subconscious plays a role in this and drives the horse. The subconscious pops up and will tell you all kinds of stories that may or may not be true. You're in too much pain. You got to pull over. You haven't had enough sleep. And intellectually, you're able to um, you're able to rationalize your choice to get Mm. off the bike or. Mm rationalize, give a good scientific reason as to why you need to stop. You know, you have to be careful about that type of conversation because again, going back to your model, you look at it historically and say, Oh, well, he was good for the first 24 hours, but now every five hours and then every three hours, every two hours, something's coming up and he's Mm. going off the bike or he's needing to stop. So you have to look at that frequency of downtime that pops up. But so, there, there can be some genuineness as well. That Absolutely. So how yeah. does the crew judge? It's a pretty fine line between uh, uh, between this. Yeah. So, you know, your, your rider, like in these really long distance events like this, you know, who is the rider? They're not mm. some beginner. They're, mm. they're not a beginner doing RAM, you know? So that rider has experience <clears throat> and usually mm. most of them have done the training to participate. Right. Just now they're caught up in this enormous event that yeah. can be a bit overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And so regardless of their ability, it can just be, I mean, just really overwhelming. They don't know what to do with that. And they need that crew to help them make decisions, decisions that they may not want the answer to. You know, the solution, get on the bike and ride the bike. That's the solution, right? During the uh, the 24-hour event that I did, uh, and I haven't raced long distance in, well, a few months, but <laughs> I raced a 350-mile race back, uh, and that was about three and a half days in the woods. It was self-supported mountain bike trip. I didn't have a crew, so I had no choice but to move forward. Any subconscious stuff popped up, I, you know, never popped up for me. Never popped up. 24-hour event on a stationary bike, world championship in front of everybody. You know, when my knee, uh, I got about 20, I got about 17 hours into it, my knee started acting up. And we're doing great. I'm, really, I'm, I'm feeling really good about my performance. 
um, uh, there was a part where my crew chief, I had one person on, I had two people on crew and this rotated them because it was a very controlled environment. Right. And so, um, you know, we're doing the virtual race. And so I get about 16 hours, 17 hours into it. And, um, I'm getting tired, right? I'm getting sleepy, I'm not tired, but I'm getting sleepy. My mm. eyes are, you know, I'm not thinking straight and, um, I can feel my head and my subconscious. I can feel myself not want to pedal the bike. Right. Come on. I got 30 years experience. You know, it's like, mm. what's going on? Because your brain is designed to keep you from doing stupid things, right? Things that are bizarre and don't make sense. The brain is designed to keep you safe. Well, it's supposed to anyway. And then, uh, so I told my crew chief, I said, Hey, uh, can I get, you know, we've built up this time. I'm ahead of schedule, way ahead of schedule. I could, I like to get 20 minutes of sleep. Hmm. And we're still pedaling the bike. And he stands there and he goes, um, let me, let me work the numbers on that. Hmm. So now my crew chief knows me and he knows these conversations. He knows this downtime concept. He hmm. understands problems. He gets it. And so I'm pedaling along 30 minutes pass. I'm thinking, what's up? And I start negotiating with my crew chief. Again, I'm riding a bicycle, stationary bike hmm. in the virtual race. Everything's going great. And I'm beginning negotiating with my crew chief about how I can get 20 minutes of sleep. Right. Or 20 minutes of downtime, just depending on how you look at it. That do I really need the 20 minutes of sleep? Or do I just think I need it? Hmm. Well, the crew chief has to, and the crew would have to look at historical values. Where am I at with my nutrition? When was the last time I got off the bike? How's my average speed? What's it look like? If my average speed is taking a gross drop, then maybe, yeah, I might need to get him off the bike and put him down to sleep for 15, 20 minutes and then before we go. So we're pedaling along, an hour passes and I still don't have my answer. We're still negotiating. <laughs> I'm still trying to negotiate. I want my 20 minutes. Now I'm getting, now I'm getting kind of testy about it. Come on, man, give me my 20 minutes. I need 20 minutes to sleep. I become right. a little bit more demanding about what I want. He holds me accountable by simply avoiding the conversation. Okay. I'm not injured. My nutrition mm. is on point. And he says, hold on, let me just work the numbers again. I wanna make sure. And all he's really doing, Rohan, he's just buying time. Right. Keeping me, he's doing his job. He's making me produce as many miles as possible in the given amount of time. Right. By simply not saying anything. He won't engage in my, mm. Mm. my you know what, right. <laughs> my garbage talk, right? <laughs> yeah, I would call that mind chatter, by the way. What is your mind chatter? You know, everybody has mind chatter. Mm -hmm. Here's a little trick. If you're listening to the podcast, then the mind chatter is the conversation that you're having with yourself, the internal conversation you're having with yourself about this podcast as mm. we, as you listen, yeah, actually says it's self-talk mm. and you have to be careful with it because it comes with a lot of bias, a yeah. lot. So mm. anyway, so my crew chief saved me two, uh, he saved me, you know, two hours 
of down and, and it saved me probably 20 minutes or 30 minutes of downtime and made me ride for another two hours that was great wow. it was perfect and after that yeah. you took you got your 20 minute nap and then he gave me my then he rewarded me right so yeah he didn't say i'm going to reward you he just said okay yeah i think it's about time you get 20 minutes hmm. he was just making me build up build up my time build up my time build up my right. saving me time that way he can justify the downtime right 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 amazing that's a lot <laughs> that's a lot but we um, could go on and on and on and on i th- i don't think one or two episodes are enough for tracy mckay on hit the road i would love to have you back once again with more such discussions and i'm sure the listeners found a lot of value from it and uh, these are something very much actionable uh, bits that uh, of course you can download from the description uh, so yeah take advantage of it let us know in the comment section what you thought about this episode is there any question that you would like to ask crazy uh, his social media handles will be linked below also you can send it in the comments so he can answer in the comment section itself so it's accessible for everyone uh yeah that's it for this episode i'll be back with more such episodes and tracy would be back uh hopefully if he agrees to for the next time uh on the podcast (laughs) and share his experiences and knowledge with us uh This is me Rohan Thakkar signing off. I'll be back again. Uh, Till then, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Let us know what you thought about it. And yes, don't forget to hit the road. (laughs) Okay, bye.